0: Love Like a Saint, Cultivating Virtue with Holy Women is the title of the latest book by speaker, retreat leader, spiritual director, jazz vocalist, and award-winning author Liz Kelly, and she's with us now. Welcome back to the program, Liz.
1: Hi, thank you, Patrick.
0: Uh, I just said to Father Evan Coop that we need to have him back on to talk about his dissertation topic. We we probably should have you back on to sing us some jazz tunes too,
1: huh? <laughs> I'd be happy to. <laughs> that would be fantastic. Very I gotta, good. I gotta get my voice back in shape, but
0: I'm <laughs> yeah. very good. You
1: definitely have to have Evan back though, because he's he's a powerhouse of thinking, so
0: Certainly is. Yes, very good. But you're no slouch yourself. So let's talk a little bit about Love Like a Saint (laughs) Cultivating Virtue with Holy Women. It's now out. Congratulations. And on your website, you mentioned that this book is not just a book. What do you mean by that?
1: Uh, I uh, was very keen to include uh, uh, in each chapter things that would help people to engage. So there are uh, prompts for prayer with that specific virtue there are questions for journaling or for small group there are uh direct uh, sections of quotes from the women that are each featured for example um, blessed Elizabeth Canori Moore wrote herself a little sort of daily spiritual manifesto, so I've included that. Um, mm. I think uh, it's really helpful if there are pieces like that where after you've done the reading, then you can sort of turn to uh, how am I going to incorporate this? What is this going to look like in my own life? Uh, so I've provided those sorts of engagement pieces.
0: Right, brilliant. Well, so when you were when you were first. Uh... Getting the idea for the book, uh, what what do you think the Lord was doing in your in in prompting you, and what were you hoping that readers would ultimately get out of the book?
1: Yeah, it was really prompted by um, another book on virtue that had been written by Father Joseph Wickham. Uh, he's a Jesuit. He's now deceased. He was in Montreal, and he had written. Uh, a very short little book with maybe three or four page introductions on virtues, and then he offered scripture verses to pray about uh, receiving the grace and the strength of those virtues. And the first time I read it, I thought, boy, I really want to do this. I want to write this again, make it a little bit longer, but I also want to include stories from uh, saints and venerables and blesseds and servants of God and others who really exemplify those virtues, kind of put a little bit more um, meat on the skeleton. Um, so the idea really came from him. There were just uh, there was just a way that he was sort of commenting on the virtues that I found very helpful and. Um, And, you know, though he is uh, an academic, his chapters were very accessible, Mm. and that was something that was really appealing to me as well. Um, And I think it's important to have the academic piece sort of properly situating us, what's the difference between an infused virtue and a regular virtue, and that sort of thing. But more than anything, I just wanted to tell the stories Mm -hmm. of the ways these virtues unfolded in the lives of these women. Sure.
0: Tell us a little bit more about give us give us some exam who are the examples that you use in the book. Give us a few names and tell us some stories.
1: Right. I um I opened the book with a venerable uh she was a child when she passed away. She was about ten. Uh mm-hmm. Venerable Anne de Gagnier. I had never heard of her. Uh some of the women in the book I I knew and I wanted to learn more about. Others I just discovered along the way, and she was one of them. Uh, I was looking for um, uh, someone who would exemplify obedience. That's the first chapter. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was important to include that, I think, especially in this time when, you know, insurrection and revolution and rioting and all of that is almost held up as a virtue. Right. And um, and so to contrast that with... Uh, with what's going on in the culture with obedience, and the key for Anne in her obedience is she was not obedient because she feared repercussions or punishment for disobedience. She was obedient because she was wildly in love with the Lord, and she wanted to offer her obedience as a gift to him. So completely reframed the virtue for me (laughs) because i do tend to think of obedience as like well i want to avoid what the what the punishment would be for disobedience but she was offering it from a completely different place not out of fear of anything but out of complete love and a desire to give And that's true, I think, of all the virtues, that we want to practice them as though they are gifts we're wrapping up and giving to others to receive. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think that helps kind of um, change our uh, comportment toward virtues rather than them being a burden, they're a gift.
0: What are some of the other virtues that you cover in the book?
1: Uh, we have friendship and perseverance, uh, which, um, I, uh, the chapter that focuses on those two virtues is on, uh, Blessed Benedetta Bianchi Poro, who I've spoken on your show about before. Mm-hmm. Um, and friendship, the idea of friendship as a virtue was really given to me by her niece. I had the opportunity to meet her niece, who just happens to live in the U.S., and who just happened to be at a parish where I was offering a women's retreat, and she gave me uh, a bunch of materials on Benedetta in English that were exceptionally helpful, but in just speaking with her, she... um She was talking about how important friendship was for Benedetta, uh, not only being a friend but receiving friendship from those around her, and in her correspondence, um, in the testimonies that we have in the last days of her life, because she was bedridden, she was blind, she was deaf, uh, she was basically paralyzed, and yet she maintained these extraordinary connections uh with those who would come to visit. And she would write letters. Her mom was her scribe and and would uh take down her dictation and these beautiful letters that we have that she's written to people who are asking for her prayers and that sort of thing. Just an extraordinary example of um the art of Christian friendship <laughs> and uh, and how much we've lost that. I think that was one of the things that really attracted me to the idea of friendship, um, Christian friendship as a virtue. Uh, and of course, you know, the our scripture has a great deal to say about um, what it means to be a good friend. And so well, that was a very easy one to pick and one, something, something she really exemplified.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, you've already done a good job, Liz, of, of really tying in uh, the, the virtues that you're studying and the, the examples that you'll be telling stories about into some of our current context and, and why mm-hmm. it's important in, in this time and now. But I just want to ask you straight out, why, why this book and why now? What's, what's so important about the, the culture that we live in, the society, the situation, the environment that we live in um, that makes yeah. this book important?
1: it was it was very gratifying because uh after i'd done another radio interview you know how they have all these metrics on amazon and and it yeah. jumped up to number 1 in new releases on christian saints and um and i remember posting about that on insta and just saying see you know the virtues sell <laughs> <laughs> That's the wrong way to put it but you know what i'm saying it was just like the, it We are meant to live lives of virtue, and the culture just flies up against that and says, no, no, you're meant to live lives of self-serving debauchery, (laughs) you know, Mm. essentially. And so um, the way that we are ordered, what we were created for, beauty and symmetry and order and harmony, all of those things that grow out of virtuous lives, we, we have a deep longing for that. And I think we've almost become afraid to speak of some of the virtues as virtue, Mm. uh, because it it has it's gotten to the point where, you know, meekness is almost seen as something to be medicated, mm-hmm. you know, not as something that can really help you to grow in your interior life, or at, just as an example. Or even just the basic theological virtues, faith, hope, and love. What are you putting your hope in? You know, are you putting your, your hope in a worldly outcome or are you measuring your life against an eternal reality that's going to entirely change the way you walk around in the world, however you uh, dispose yourself to those two things. So I think it's really important to bring virtue back into uh, our conversation and back into the light of something that we we want to cultivate um not again because we fear we fear repercussions of not being virtuous but because these are life-giving gifts that bring about order and harmony and beauty and and depth of life um and so many so ma- too many of us just live on the surface you know and yeah. uh, I think that's part of the appeal of uh, of the book. I hadn't intended that when I set out to write it, but um, in reflecting on it as, you know, when COVID hit and all of my retreats and everything canceled, I had this big block of time, and this was mm-hmm. a book that I really wanted to work on, and it was something my publisher was ke- keen to uh, to see more of, just readers longing for stories of holy lives that are accessible. And not just the greats, the Catherine of Sienas and the, you know, uh, uh, St. Augustine and, and, and saints like that, though they are wonderful. I really tried to focus on women that we had really recent access to. We have their letters, we have their photographs, we have their correspondence and things like that. So...
0: Mm-hmm. Sort of and you've chosen thing. yeah you've chosen you've chosen to focus on uh these these saints these blesseds these venerables uh who are all women i'm I'm looking at your website now and and I see that the the lead off review here is from Bishop Cousins himself oh. um, so <laughs> it begs the question uh I mean is this a book that's just for women is it especially for women or is it really for anybody
1: I think that um it could certainly benefit anybody and i have been toying with the idea of doing a book about male saints and mm. virtue and and it's true just even in thinking of that i might choose slightly different virtues to focus on i mean i'd include faith hope and love and you know some of the major ones sure but you know there were aspects of some of the virtues that i chose that i felt really uh I wanted to address in kind of a feminine way and speaking to the feminine heart. Um, uh, But I think that that can be very valuable as a man to, to understand, uh, you know, the women around you. It's kind of like Jesus approaches. I had so many women who would say, my priest needs to read this. My husband needs to read this. You know, there was something in it where they felt understood. And I think there's that similar kind of vein in, Love
0: like a saint, right? And uh, there are so many books about the saints. And uh, Mm -hmm. granted, yours again has uh, maybe some obscure venerables and blesseds that we haven't heard of before. Um, Mm -hmm. But with that being the case, what sets this book apart from, say, all the, well, yeah, all the other books about the saints? But uh, (laughs) what what really makes this one stand out, Liz?
1: you know i don't know that it it does stand out in any i mean i think hagiography is a very sacred task mm-hmm. and i wasn't offering these chapters in any way to be um uh you know exhaustive on each of the saints but i think what it does well, that's helpful. Is by focusing on just one or maybe two virtues from the life of that woman. There's a kind of intimacy that is created, rather than trying to gather up the entire life experience, which you know you just right. couldn't do in the year or two that I worked on this book. You would you would need far more time, far much more much more time than that. Um, but I do think that there is a kind of intimate glimpse into each of the virtues that we're focusing on that makes that saint so much more available to you Mm -hmm. rather than feeling they're so distant they're so holy there's no way that i can touch that Uh, i think by concentrating just on the one virtue suddenly it's like the woman is sitting next to you on the couch and you're having a conversation you know a lot of the Feedback That I've gotten has been about that. I feel like I know these women so much better and that, you know, somehow I'm better known as a result of
0: that. Mm. Wonderful. Uh, We're nearly out of time, Liz, but I wanted to, of course, give you the opportunity to say, where can people find this book and stay and learn about your other writings and stay up to date with you?
1: Sure, um, you can visit my website, which is LizK.org. The shortest website uh, URL in the
0: history <laughs> of
1: websites. So I'm <laughs> excited about that. Yeah, but there are talks in my retreat schedule, and now that things are opening up again, we'll we'll be booking a lot more uh, speaking engagements. And this is uh, this book will be one of the topics that I'll be speaking on a lot this next year.
0: Okay, wonderful. Well, Liz Kelly, thank you so much again for joining us on the program. I look forward to seeing the book. I look forward to, uh, yeah, hearing from you and seeing your next book as well. Thanks for being on the program, Liz. Good to speak with you.
1: Thank you, Patrick. Mm -hmm. God
0: bless you. And you. All right. We're going to head into our next break. All eyes were fixed on the Hennepin County Government Center last week as the verdict in the Darren Chauvin trial was read. If you're after God's justice, Bishop Cousin recommends fixing your eyes on the crucified Jesus. He'll explain right after this break. Stay with us.